Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. So like I said, we are doing the best of November in this episode. We had some great episodes, as always. I think every episode that we have is great. There are just a few that stand out to me personally that I listen to and I try to apply to my life. The first one that is coming up on this November episode list is going to be from Mr. Linnell Beckles of Occam's Fitness. Occam's Fitness, like Occam's Razor, okay? And basically the concept of Occam's Razor is the simplest solution is probably the right solution. How many of you guys have heard the adage, you are what you eat? One thing that Linnell preaches is that everything starts in the gut. What you eat is how you're going to perform. And I'm going to let him explain a little bit of that here in this episode. Let's take a listen. Um, there's a ton of research out there. It's just we don't want to talk, we don't want to talk about it because it would actually take down a full industry. Um, mm-hmm. When we look at it, gut health is the is the the number one organ that actually is responsible for your health. It's where 70% of your immune system lives. It's where you uh, uh, synthesize a lot of your brain neurotransmitters. You don't synthesize them in the brain, you synthesize them in your gut. And uh, the root of all disease is all in inflammation and usually inflammation of the gut. So what I do is I show people exactly what foods are gonna optimize their gut health. Mm -hmm. And usually it's not what I say, it's usually what you say, and get them to understand a plan around that and start helping them optimize their muscle mass because muscle is the organ of aging. The more muscle mass you have within the structure of your frame, um, Mm -hmm. the, the, the slower you age. So obviously we wanna make sure we optimize muscle and not fat. And once we start doing that, then everything else starts to fall in line and we can start sleeping better, start making more money, we're more productive, um, our, our, our relationships get better because we're not as moody. So there's a lot of, <laughs> it really, it sounds funny, but yeah. our personality is actually in our gut. It's not in our brain. <laughs> so a lot of people out there don't really understand this until they start really eating the foods that are good for them and they start feeling better. And all of a sudden it's like, I get it now. So yeah, that just opens up all kinds of possibilities, you know, and just for entrepreneurs in general, because, you know, when you get into the growth space or the, the development space, you know, one of the first things you're presented with in terms of your physical fitness is 75 hard. Yeah. And so the whole the whole concept is pushing your body to limits, pushing your disciplines to limits and creating this structure, you know what I'm saying? But it's all about excess, excess, excess. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so you're coming in on the opposite side and, and you're preaching, hey, yes, that stuff is good for you in terms of your discipline and wrapping your mind around, hey, I, I have to be consistent in order to be successful. But uh, you're saying, hey, let's get into the scientific pieces of it, the nutrition piece, which I think everybody understands that, hey, the fitness industry exists because we like to eat cheeseburgers and fries. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like if we would just focus on the nutrition side and make better decisions there, we wouldn't have to work out, you know, five, six days a week or like overtrain or any of the stuff that you're talking about. So I would assume that that would be your answer in 
where entrepreneurs are getting it wrong in terms of fitness. Uh, and, they, they are. Yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the biggest excuses you hear is I don't have enough time. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in, you know, meetings all day and, you know, I travel for work and, and I've gotten trapped in that cycle before too. It's like you make a decision and, and you know what, where I'm getting trapped more than anywhere is like, all right, I get home and, you know, maybe I, maybe I hit the gym in the morning, but I still need to do a run in the evening because I'm marathon training right now. Right. So it's like the, the gym is not enough. I've got to go out and put miles on the street. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, like yesterday I got home, you know, my daughter had a really rough day in school. And so I knew I had to have a conversation with her. I knew I had to, you know, we had gotten steaks for dinner. So I knew I had to cook steaks and I knew I had to, uh, you know, spend quality time with my boys, you know, and the family in general, my aunt was in town. So it was like, all right, do I have time for an hour and an hour and a half run, which I really needed to do. You know what I'm saying? So I made the decision not to do it. And now my whole week's off schedule, you know what I'm saying? So I, I can see, you know, Hey, I'm making a a good decision for my family because I'm focusing on them for the evening rather than going on this run. But at the same time, it's like long-term, that's not a good decision. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's 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 a lot to be said for this. Like you you have a lot on your plate, and you're doing you're doing an amazing job as a business owner, a dad, uh, uh, a husband, and everything. Um, there's a difference between keeping your optimal health with mm-hmm. just a few things and like training for an an event. Yeah. Um, for someone who is training for like a specific event, it does take a little bit more to get to that place. Mm-hmm. but it's not as much as you think and actually you get better by doing the sport than you do by training outside the sport there is Absolutely. something to be said for like um uh sport specific training uh, mm-hmm. which a lot of people think oh, okay if i get into the gym i'm gonna get better at my sport and that's not correct because i've seen mm-hmm. I, 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 being as i've i've seen both sides of uh, the people that are talented at their sport suck in the gym the people that are great in the gym kind of suck on the field and then there's the 70 percent that are like both Um, and most people don't most people just need a little bit of work in the gym to optimize their sport they don't need to go the other way around so for you um training uh getting your getting your mileage is is super important for the success of running a marathon Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that running a marathon is going to make you healthy right now you are what you eat. Biggest thing that I took away from that episode, and the episode is chock full of wisdom. Biggest thing I took from that episode is that if you're not doing the diet right, and I, I say diet, it's not really a diet. It's, you know, changing how you eat and all that good stuff. It's super deep. doesn't matter. But when you're doing that right, you can spend less time trying to uh, force something in the gym. So you are what you eat. Be, pay attention to what is going inside of your gut, and that's going to change who you are as a person. If you want to change who you are, change what you eat. So the next person that I have on this list is Josiah Atkins. And now here's the thing. He is the uh, CEO of Prospect Bacon. Yeah, it just pulled up on my Facebook right now when I looked at it. Uh, Josiah is a marketer, um, and he's one of the solar marketing specialists that we have in uh, the Apex Network. Uh, it is it is awesome to see someone who is introverted go and build something that is 
everywhere. His personality is in all of his ads. And uh, we talked to him about that a little bit here in this episode. Let's take a look. Whenever you meet me in person, I'm not an extroverted person by any means, but I, I do really well in one-on-one. I'm, I build trust in people, I think easy something about me and something i've always had like i do really well with people one-on-one you know i think it's a it's a common misconception mm. that you know the best salespeople are the selling profile is called entertainer and any time somebody meets an entertainer they think oh you're a salesperson yes but the other four profiles are detective fighter and counselor or other three Mm. sorry and um all three of them can be wildly successful in sales and, um, you know, probably my top salesperson of all time. And if he's listening to this, he's going to message me immediately and like brag about the fact that I said he was probably my top salesperson of all time, but his name was Joey Skinner. He, he is now a professional poker player for hmm. <laughs> random, not really random. It makes sense, but he was the most soft-spoken, like slow talking, unexciting person <laughs> whatever yeah. meet and he would write 72 72 deals a month and that's probably about an 80% attachment rate on internet so that's cable and internet yeah, so back huge. then it was cable first yeah and he was just a monster and he had the driest simplest pitch but he would run from door to door yeah i mean he would just his trackable actions were through the roof wow double what anybody else's was and he would tell them i just knocked more doors than you and they wouldn't believe him they thought he had some kind of secret sauce secret pitch he literally followed our script verbatim yeah and he just executed on and he was able to kind of turn off the emotional piece you know what i mean and then that's the deal is like if you can turn off your emotions and just do the trackable actions yeah then you're gonna be successful whatever your style is you know and i I would uh, i would guess that yours is going to be counselor or detective mm. you know which is a, a software spoken style you know yeah one one of the two i i've never heard those sales profiles before it's really interesting i'd like to learn more about that but the you know i i read a book a while ago i think called the introvert's edge i actually got quite a bit out of it but it was kind of the same thing of like hey an introvert following the system can be an extrovert riding you know just playing it loose and fast and mm-hmm. not following anything like any day. Like if you're able to turn off the emotions and just do the actions, I mean, that's, that's everything. I mean, that's, that's prospect bacon in a sense, you know, like people are like, Oh, you guys are so successful. Like you've grown up so fast. And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on four years. Like that doesn't feel, yeah. or we're not brand new, you know, it's not like yeah. we started last year. And it's kind of like this, I made this post one time kind of about like the cockroach effect. And it's this idea of like, if you do something long, like there's people we talk to every month that are like, Hey, we've been watching you guys for like two years. I think we're finally ready to do something like you're legit now. Cause everybody expects marketers just to fail. Um, I get, you know, and I know everybody says this, but I literally, I can go to my messages right now and show you three messages from marketers. Yeah from today yeah you know what i mean and it's like we're not even doing any kind of volume yeah you know but they're they're not qualifying at all you know what i'm saying and so but anyways so they're just out there doing stuff yeah you and i doing the actions 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're not educated actions, unfortunately, because no. there is a difference between the action and the educated action. Right. Yes. So do the actions, educated actions. That's what we want to, you know, emphasize the ed- educated actions. Um, I personally, I'm an introvert in nature. Um, I'm, I'm good at getting out of my shell, but by nature, I am an introvert. So hearing that, hearing, hey, make sure that you're doing the actions that requ- that you're required to do, that is what's going to push you over that edge. You don't have to change your personality. You don't have to change who you are as an individual, but you need to make sure that you're doing the actions and the trackables that will get you to that next step. Without those actions, those trackables, you're not going to be like uh, Mr. Mr. Skinner, who was uh, closing 75 deals in a month by just, you know, hey, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's it. I'm going to the next door. I'm, I'm knocking more doors than you. I'm doing what I got to do to get what I need to get. And that really stood out to me because, again, introvert by nature. Uh, my job requires me to be a little bit more extroverted. So I'm just kind of going through those emotions and making sure that those things are trackable. Those things are done correctly. And that's, what's going to get me to the success that I want to get to. And that's, what's going to get you to the success you want to get to. If you fall into those uh, categories, as well as if you don't fall into those categories, it's always good to keep your success based off of the actions that you can control. The next person that we have is Miss Gail Casper. She has a book called Sell Like a Cockatoo. That was mandatory to put on a best of list because what the heck does it mean to sell like a cockatoo? We go into that and I'll talk more about it after this clip. Let's take a look. Title, because it's super catchy and it's like, all right, what's this about? You know what I mean? So can you dive into that a little more? What, yeah. what is selling like a cockatoo? All right. So first of all, uh, people said to me, okay, well, where'd you come up with the cockatoo, Gail? Like, <laughs> what the heck? Where's that coming from? And when you look at the similarities of a cockatoo and a sales rep, cockatoos need consistency. They need to know that you're going to continue to be there. So there's that consistency piece of the puzzle. They also don't like to be bored. You know, don't want to sit around, challenge them. I mean, hey, sales reps are smart. Like, you know, help them become all that they can be. Um, sales uh, cockatoos are loud. Sales reps get loud. They're excited. They close that deal. And how hard they've worked to get there, they get loud. Mm-hmm. And cockatoos can dance. And those are the pieces of the puzzle that I bring to the book to teach people, meaning it's all about body language, tone of voice and words. So when you meet somebody or you're dealing with them through Zoom, how do you connect with those people and how do you do it quickly? What does your body language say to someone else? And what is their body language saying to you? How do you need to maneuver that sales call so that you can move it toward a close or stop it and address something that they're doing or saying so that you can cut something off at the chase and keep it moving forward? So cockatoos dance and cockatoos have a 60-year relationship with their owner, which is wow. always our goal. We want people to keep coming back and send us those referrals and keep building business and building our book. So awesome. that's that's the essence of what the book is about. And I do address sales teams in there, sales managers. How are we creating a culture that sales reps want to come and work for us? 
-hmm. meaning we're raising the bar. We're going to deliver that high level training. We're going to be involved in the process. We'll pay them a little bit more to be part of our team, but we're going to expect more. So I talk about creating that cockatoo culture as well. I love the analogy you use when you're dealing with customers too in the body language and you know their inflection and tone and everything, and it's a dance, right? And I think if more people in sales look at it that way and less people look at it as, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street type sales, you know, right. they're going to be a lot more successful. And more importantly, they're going to be happier and they're going to have more peace at the end of the day because they don't have to like create this persona in order to close deals. No. They just have, have to know how to navigate with their customers. One of the, my favorite trainings that I will often do <clears throat> especially on the, on the first audit of a consulting trip. Right. So mm -hmm. I go out to the client, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I audit their sales program and they always ask me to do a training while I'm there. So one of my favorite ones to do is selling the way customers want to buy. And um, you know, you're from the training world. Yeah. So uh, Southwestern consulting uh, originally came up with it. Well, as far as I know, <laughs> originally yeah, came up right, with this right. training. And the first person that did this training for me was actually Rory Vaden. You know, Rory Vaden. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Oh my God. Yeah. And um, he did it at an, so my product early on was AT&T and then eventually um, transformed into direct TV. Right. And so they, they had a direct TV revolution. Mm -hmm. And so Rory would come and speak at that and do that training. And the first time he did it, I was just like, this is what we need at the door, you know, wow. cause it teaches you, it teaches you the four personality types, which is detective, um, entertainer, counselor, and fighter. Right. And as within the first five to 10 seconds, you can tell which one they are based mm -hmm. on how they open the door, you know, and the same thing works for in voice inflection and, and phone sales. And then obviously you can see the body language over zoom. And so it's just such a cool way to break down the customer and then sell how they want to be sold. That is comfortable for them. And I love that. And I, I emphasize that in the book as well. It meaning to be present Instead mm -hmm. of going in, like you said, Wolf of Wall Street, this is what I have to do. This is how I need to close it. If you're just there with the customer, you can hear who they are. You can feel what they're about. You can sense what's going on and you can modify your presentation as you need to without getting, I'm not saying to eliminate the sales process, mm -hmm. but you know how to, how to move it and you can be there with a human being because that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We want to connect with them. We want them to trust us and believe in us. And they can't do that if we're just following a process and we don't have a sense of who they are. So I love that. A hundred percent. You know, it's that no like and trust factor and you can't create it unless you're present. Yeah. 100%. yeah. And um, just to tell you a quick story, when I started in the training world, I started with an organization that gave me their training program. This mm -hmm. is what you have to do at the beginning. This is what you have to do at the right. end, blah, blah, blah. I never understood. It was a public speaking course and I never understood why we had to do certain exercises until I had to write the class myself. When I decided to get out there and create my own public speaking course, I said, I got it. The light bulb went off. So it's not really until you understand all the steps of the sales process that you can really modify and change them and be present. You got to get it. You can't just follow these steps because you're told to do it. 100%. And you know where that really gets highlighted is between sales and fulfillment. So like a cockatoo 
they are expressive creatures. That is what I learned from that interview that we had with Gail. Cockatoos are very expressive. They are very personable creatures. They stick with their owners for 60 years. That's crazy to me, but it's that familiarity that they have with them. So selling like a cockatoo in my head and uh, applying that to what I do as a podcast host, as a musician and everything like that is that personable side of it. Being present is one thing that they, they mentioned in there is being present with your customer, understanding how they want to buy, understanding who they are. And then also on the manager side, on the, the CEO side of the, the you know, VP of sales side is creating that culture to where you can have salespeople who can be comfortable being the cockatoo in those situations where they want to stay with you, where they want to be expressive, where they want to learn how to do that song and dance with their customers and learning how they buy and sell. Those are very important aspects that I think anybody who is in sales, anybody who is in any kind of industry could learn. Um, And that was just a great episode for me. I think that these three episodes in particular in the month of November really, really showed a lot of what the range of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast has. We appreciate you guys joining us on the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. If you are not already signed up, go ahead and go to buildinggreatsalesteams.com. Again, that is buildinggreatsalesteams.com and join our newsletter so that you can be kept up to date with everything that we got going on with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. You'll be the first one to hear whatever is happening with me, Doug, and the rest of the team here, as well as anything that we might have going on for like events, the book that is coming or any training courses that are available. So thank you guys again for listening and we will see you next time on the BGST podcast. Thank you for tuning into this episode of building great sales teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.